date of recording, the 5th of March, 2023. Welcome to today's episode of Let's Talk Media with Vedanta Kari. For today's episode, we're talking about YouTuber burnouts. And my guest for today is Mr. Ryan Eng. Hey, Ryan, welcome to the podcast. What's up, dude? Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. I'm, I'm doing well, just uh, enjoying my Sunday evening. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, I told you before this, but like I just got off a meeting for um, Creator Camp. It's an event that uh, my four of my friends, including myself, run. Um, and kind of the goal of the whole event is to build a more holistic experience within the creator community. So really pushing the idea of like how we can use our social media accounts and our followings as creators for um, more so like more social good. Because right now the two big uh, events that exist within the creator industry is VidCon and VidSummit, right? Mm -hmm. And they do an amazing job of like pushing the idea of how to get a million subscribers in two months using shorts. But like after that, it's like, what do you do? Where are you going to use that for? You right. know? So, so our job really is like, we want to push that idea of like a more wholesome, a more holistic experience where we take creators out to the middle of nowhere um, to have a good time, take a step back from what they're creating and like kind of appreciate this space with other creators and also to like discuss how to push forward meaningful content, how to um, use their platforms for, for good. So that's, that's creator camp. Got it. Uh, and so with that, I just want to introduce yourself and uh, your history with the platform that is YouTube. Yeah, dude. Um, so my name is Ryan Ang. Um, uh, Ryan Ang films on YouTube. And uh, two years ago, I think now it's like we're almost coming up on three years ago, I dropped out of uh, Ithaca College, a film major where I met you, Vedant. The whole idea behind that was like, the future of filmmaking is actually not in film school anymore, but it's in YouTube. And it's in creating consistently on YouTube uh, and, and, and practicing your creative there. And ever since then, I've really try been trying to push this idea of like, can meaningful content live in this world of TikTok and Mr. Beast and, you know, fast paced content can slower, more indie filmmaking type stuff and and really good storytelling live on these platforms that are bringing in billions and billions of users a month. And that's kind of been my mission. And, and everything that I do is kind of surrounds that. Uh, so like I mentioned, creator camp, um, I also run this agency called Circle Park, where we do creator led campaigns. And the kind of the whole goal is to build a creator financially up to uplift them and help them work with brands, and give brands good creative, uh, as well as uh, helping the artists uh, make the money that they deserve. I like how it's creator led because uh, when YouTube came out, it really changed, like it flipped the script because uh, before like, you know, content came from like the big conglomerates or the TV companies, the film companies, but 
when YouTube came out, it was like you could tell your own story. You could broadcast yourself as it was, as it was originally called in the slogan. Uh, but I do feel like, you know, we have stuff like the AI, the algorithm, and just the hustle culture that is, you know, trying to, um, I don't know, submerge that in some way. And I feel like what we're going to talk about is really important because, you know, you want people to be able to tell their stories, but the algorithm just makes it a little bit harder to sustain that. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Um, and I don't know how, like, YouTube can switch away and move away from that because they're just winning so much right now. But yeah, totally, like, that the algorithm doesn't really facilitate space for that. Um, and it's just a longer journey. But also, maybe it doesn't really matter. Like maybe it, it, it was always supposed to be a longer journey to create this more, you know, longer form, like meaningful type of content. A lot of YouTubers, they kind of break the status quo of this nine to five job. It's like, I don't want to do a nine to five job. I want to build my own business. I want to do YouTube, right? And right. it's funny because once you kind of enter the YouTube sphere, there's a status quo in the YouTube sphere that you have to break again. So it's almost like you have to break through two uh, kind of boundaries and two walls in order to kind of get to this point of making authentic content that is for you. But the status quo on YouTube is like, you've heard it interesting titles and thumbnails, Mr. Beast faces, mm -hmm. really colorful. Um, and then the first five seconds of the video needs to be fast paced. It needs to grab the viewer's attention. It can't be slow. And that really limits your content. And when you're surrounded by the numbers, every time you upload, when you search up how to become a YouTuber, and that's all that anybody is telling you, that you think that's what you have to do. And now you fall back into the status quo. And it's no different from the nine to five that you tried to break away from. Because now you are now all you're trying to do is, um, is please the algorithm. I think that I don't know if you, you know, Colin and Samir. Um, I do not. So so they're a YouTube channel that covers the creator economy. And they interviewed a comedian by the name of Hassan Minhaj. Oh, I love Hassan Minhaj. She's fucking amazing. Um, um, but the, in an interview, Hassan was like, at that point, when you're kind of like playing in the algorithm, you're producing crude oil for meta YouTube, TikTok, And, and I think that really resonated with me. And I think a lot of creators need to find a way to break through that. But I think that's what causes a lot of the burnout. Right. Cause they're making it less for something that they actually want and more something that the algorithm is more likely to recommend to people. Exactly. And also, I, I like how you mentioned that this isn't a typical, I mean, not tip, like an old fashioned nine to five. You kind of set your own hours. You set your own, you set your own hours, but but um, of course, it's not your old fashioned nine to five. It's probably longer. It's probably like 6 a.m. to like 3 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, there are still status quos that you have to break through for sure. Mm -hmm. And also, um, you're just one person trying to match the production quality that production companies have where they have like what 10 15 maybe smaller maybe larger people but when you're making these videos it's just you uh having to produce all that and i feel like a lot of people can you know get overwhelmed or like we said get burnt out by constantly having to have all that weight on their shoulders 
It definitely gets lonely. Um, it's funny because when you take a step back from being a YouTuber, you're making the titles and thumbnails, you're editing the videos, you're at least when you're starting off, right? So in a lot of ways, you're the distributor, you're the you're the guy that promotes everything, you're the artist, you know, you're the sound mixer, you're the editor, like it's it's it, you're the visionary. So it definitely does become a lot. Um, and I'd, and it's also lonely, right? Cause like mm -hmm. most of the time, even like meeting YouTubers with millions of subscribers, like they're just in the rooms all day. Um, so I think it's really important. And I think a way to kind of break through and avoid burnout is to really build a community uh, of like-minded individuals. And you could you could see like pockets of YouTube communities in cities. You know, there's one in New York City, um, you know, Elliot Choi and all these people. Right. And then uh, there are a bunch in L.A., you know, in Austin, you've got Ryan Trahan, Zach Lovett, um, Isaiah Photo. And in North Carolina, you got Mr. Beast and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, so having these like kind of pockets, I think, really helps with um making sure that you don't feel like you're alone and um feeling like you're actually moving in a pack right yeah it's just know that you're not alone like it's better to face something together than alone that really does help absolutely yeah especially yeah. In, the, in the entertainment industry when you might need somebody to bounce ideas or collaborations to it's very important mm-hmm um, and so do you do anything else to like break up your routine? Like, do you like go outside, watch TV or exercise or anything like that? I honestly need to do a much better job of those things, but, um, not personally, like I need to do a better job of that. Here's what I would do. What I would do is I would like exercise four times a week and have a designated time, uh, go on walks and stuff like that. Phone calls with friends, but is honestly hard um, when you're juggling all these things, you know, because you're worried about your financial situation. You're worried about all of these things. And it feels like every single day there are fires to put out. But yeah, one thing I'll say is like, for me, like I try to do other things like paint. Um, I'll talk to my mom, you know, um, I'll call friends and that'll energize me. Um, but yeah, I need to do a better job. I don't really have a clear answer for that because I feel like it don't really have that. But yeah. No worries. Um, and I just want to go back to you dropping out of college to pursue this. Yeah. Um, so were there like any like people doubting you or anything like that? I mean, you clearly proved them wrong because you have a really good YouTube channel. But did you have that? And how did you deal with that as a full time YouTuber? A thousand percent, a thousand percent. I think this is where it comes like ignorance is bliss because now in this situation that I'm in right now, looking back at what I did, I dropped out of school with 600 subscribers on my YouTube channel. I think that's a terrible idea. Looking back at it, it was a lot of blind trust and a lot of like <sighs> ignorance, I guess. Um, but for sure, there were people that were doubting me. I think just about everyone was doubting me. Um, my dad, especially, um, I think he was really just scared for me though. And just wanted to protect me and, and make sure that I made a good living and stuff like that. But I mean, rightfully so, you know, um, I remember when I was deciding what to do, I'd ask all my friends, 
because it was during COVID. So like all right. everyone's hometown friends were back at home. And I was just asking all my hometown friends, like, what do you think I should do? Um, and they're like, you should go back to school. You should go back to school. Every single one of them said that I should go back to school. And my dad had originally given me um, six months to figure it out. So it's, I give you six months, a half gap year to figure out YouTube. And if you don't have it figured out, you have to go back to school. I was like, Fine. But in that half gap year, you actually have to apply early in order to get into these schools for the next semester. And I, I secretly did not. And um, I remembered I uploaded this video about uh, me dropping out. I thought it was going to go viral, did not go viral. And I remember just being so down and um, it got 2000 views. And for some reason, my mom was like, you just got to give it one more shot. You know, you got to got to try one more time. And at the time I was trying to find any other way to not go back to college. So whether that was building my own production company, doing freelancing work. So that's what I chose. Cause it's like, that's the easiest option, right? My mom was like, why don't you make a video out of that? So you get to pursue this freelancing gig stuff. And you also get to stick with your YouTube channel. It's like, fine, I'll do it. And like two, three days before the six months of my half gap year ended, my dropout video started going viral. And then I was just about to finish this video of my freelancing gig. So I upload that and that goes viral. I think starting from that point, a lot more people started to believe in me because I started, I went from like a thousand subscribers to like a hundred thousand within three months. Wow. Um, which I'm very blessed for. And I'm very lucky that that happened. Um, but yeah, long story short, there are definitely people that were doubting me. Yeah, and I'm very happy that you got to 100,000 subscribers in that short period of time. This goes to show again, like you never know what's going to go viral um, because of, you know, algorithm and people's interests and stuff. And I think that's just another scary part of YouTube is like you could have one or two videos go viral and then the third video or fourth video gets little to no engagements like it's yeah it's a very volatile that adds to the burnout when you spend a month on a video and it just flops it's like jesus christ what the fuck do i do you know Mm -hmm. how do i it's interesting because at that point it's like i think i've been doing it for so long that there's nothing else in my mind not that I, i could i could get a job and stuff like that but like in my mind it's like there's no option to quit. You know, this thing is something that I say to myself a lot is like, you kind of cheat the system by not quitting ever. If you don't, if you don't quit, you don't ever lose. So, um, so you kind (laughs) of cheat the system that way, you know? Right. And also like the whole finance aspect, I'm sure that adds to a lot of stress for YouTube, like full-time. I lost money for the first two years. This year, 2023 is the first year that I actually started making a decent amount of money to start moving out of my parents' place. Um, but it took me two years. So, yeah. Yeah. And um, like you said, this is a full-time job and uh, you have to sustain yourself on this platform that is very volatile. Like trends die super fast on YouTube. Um, 
And then if you don't post enough, then the YouTube algorithm, like, I mean, it's never, I don't think it's been proven, but it kind of like kicks you out for some time. You can avoid that though. Oh, you can? The consistency shit and everything. Like, yeah, you can avoid that for sure. But it's going to take you for like three, four, five years to build and figure out if you don't want to play the algorithm. If you want to play the algorithm, you're you're now in the uh now you're you're now in the race, right? Mm-hmm. Um there's nothing wrong with that. If that's what you want to do, that's what you just gotta do, right? But there's not a lot of artistry in that, you know. But in terms of like what you were saying, in terms of yeah, consistency and following trends, you don't have to, because you can be so cliche but you could be the trend right you could be the guy that sticks around for the longest there's a reason why pharrell has had a multi-decade career you know there's a reason why tyler the creator is still around today and it's because they fully kind of embrace the world that they've built they fully embrace themselves and and kind of like not really tune out the rest of the world but um at that point, you kind of build your own genre, right? And then people become fans of that genre and they have you to go to for that. In the beginning, maybe you do have to post consistently, but like there's a certain point where like you play your own game, you know, you're going to figure it, you're going to figure out your own game that works for you and works for nobody else, you know, but that takes time. Right. It takes time. Um, and again, going back to uh, the algorithm would you agree or disagree that the algorithm makes it a little bit hard to like branch out and try other things not if you decide to build your own world okay let's just say that i want to start i want to be a youtuber and i didn't really give it much thought i was like i'll be a finance youtuber and now i'm in the finance niche but I, i'm not a hundred percent passionate about the finance niche i just did it because that's what everyone else was doing now you're a popular creator in finance and you want to play video games now, but you can't because you're stuck as a finance channel. But you take Casey Neistat, for example. What do you, what category do you put him under? Filmmaking, kind of, but like not really, right? He's a filmmaker. He's a family man. He's, he likes skateboarding. He likes reviewing tech. He reviews planes. He travels a lot. That's like six YouTube channels baked into one person. And the only reason why it works is because it's all lives under the roof of Casey Neistat, (laughs) right? Take another example of Emma Chamberlain, right? Right. She likes fashion. She likes coffee. She, you know, she likes, um, she likes to cook. She hangs out with her dad. She paints. And she's also kind of getting into filmmaking as well. She has a podcast as well. That's like a how many channels, separate channels can that be? But it only makes sense because it's so authentic to Emma. And we understand that humans are multifaceted. And Emma has done a good job of showing that she's human and she has her world built. So we don't care what the fuck she does. We just follow her. And we can tell humans are smart. We could tell when something is authentic or not, you know? But we know that everything that Emma does is is pretty authentic. So in that sense, like, you know, you don't have to you 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 don't have to play by the algorithm at that point because you own you own your own genre. You are now Emma Chamberlain, you are now Casey Nasta, or you're now Vedant, you know? Like 
and that's what I've been trying to do in the last two years. And, and it's fucking difficult, but like, um, and sometimes you just fuck up, but like, I think it's worth it, especially if you want this for the long term. you know, um, you don't have to follow trends because all you have to do is just listen to yourself now, you know, and you separate from the competition too, right? Because who can compete? Do you think there, there'll be a better Emma Chamberlain? There's not going to be a better Emma Chamberlain, right? Um, she She's the fast fashionista who likes coffee or whatever. Like no one else kind of has that combination, right? And, and if they try to force it, it's just not going to work. That's why no one's surpassed Mr. Beast at what Mr. Beast can do because he's authentic to himself. And um, everyone else is just, that's trying to copy him is just really trying to copy him. And now they become a part of the algorithm, you know, and have to follow what Mr. Beast is doing. Um, and yeah, yeah. I don't know if that answers your question, but. I know that, that answers it. It's like, um, yes, you're working against the grain by going into something new, but at the end of the day, it's your personal brand and you just yeah. got to give it time. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and it's worth it at the end. I think I'm not there yet, but, but, um, I think it's worth it. You also need a little bit of blind trust, I think. Mm -hmm. But if you believe that you're putting good out into the world and if you're really trying to make a positive change, whatever that is, whether that's entertaining people or whether that's, you know, encouraging people to make more meaningful content, you kind of need that trust that the world is going to work in your favor. Right. Um, and so what, what do you think about clickbait? Do you like it, dislike it? Do you see it has its pros and cons? I think that, um, okay. So on the topic of thumbnails, can I show you something real quick? Yeah. Hold on. Let me just turn on my light. Is that cool? Yeah, that's cool. Oh, this is an audio podcast. You might have to describe the thumbnail to people. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna show this to you right now, but I have this book. I have this like drawing book where I draw all my thumbnails and I also write descriptions of all my thumbnails. So the checklist that I run through is like, does this thumbnail reflect the emotions of this film? So like, I think that's to hold on to like my artistic integrity of like, I'm not just making a thumbnail out of the blue just to get clicks. It needs to be baked into the actual story that I'm telling within the video, right? And the second thing on the checklist is like, does the title and thumbnail evoke a strong, impulsive emotion? So within the first one second or 0.5 seconds of looking at a thumbnail, does it have that spark of emotion that is that like, you know, sparks people's curiosity um, and an exercise for any aspiring YouTuber that I, I really encourage you to do, whether that's for like an hour or whatever is to go onto the YouTube homepage and scroll through your YouTube homepage. And every time you see a video that intrigues you, before you click on it, just stop and think about why it actually intrigued you. Like, and really take a step back and think about why. And it might be something as simple as like, oh, the face was intriguing or like, oh, this was like a crazy photo or the title was really interesting. Um, you know, and that is um and that's kind of like when i realized that each title and thumbnail that is a good title and thumbnail like has something about it that creates that strong impulsive emotion and then the third thing on the list is like well does it match the rest of your videos 
um, like doesn't match the consistency and the branding of the rest of your videos, because that's also important if you want people to keep coming back to you. If like each thumbnail and title looks different, then uh, it's going to be hard for people to know that 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 was you, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but in terms of clickbait, like if you want to call it that, like, sure. Like, I think it's really important. Thumbnails and titles is like a whole other art form outside of your video that you have to learn. You know, it's like a whole other thing that you have to learn. Right. Um, and again, thank you for sharing those tips about making thumbnails, because I have definitely come across videos with very catchy thumbnails. But then I found that the video portion in the thumbnail was not in the video at all. Like I've had that so yeah. many times. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, like I'm guilty of doing that in like my early career as well. Mm -hmm. You just become so desperate for clicks, you know? Yeah. And also like the consistency is something I like. Like when, for example, when you think of a Chris, a Chris Stuckman video, you know what most of his thumbnails look like. It's just him exactly. or something in the backdrop of a poster. <laughs> might not even be an amazing thumbnail, but like, because he's done it for so long, it's just like, uh, he's a trusted guy within the film industry. And like, I'm gonna watch his stuff, you know, but if like, I was on that thumbnail, and it was on the same channel, guaranteed, it's gonna get like, you know, a couple hundred thousand views less. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so I just want to wrap things up here. So uh, do you have any advice for any YouTuber, or any aspiring YouTuber who might find themselves in the same situation where they're competing against the algorithm yeah. while trying to maintain their mental health and all that. If you're building it for the business, I'm not the person to go to. If you're building it for the business, Mr. Beast is the person to go to. But if you're making it because you love whatever art you're creating or because you want to express yourself, the advice that I've been telling everybody is like, you need to create fearlessly. Don't be scared of uploading whatever the fuck it is that you want to upload. Don't be scared of saying something that you want to say just because you're worried that it's going to get 10 views instead of 10,000 views. Um, the fact that you have something that is so important to say is enough evidence for you to go out and make that. And is actually, a, and what I tell myself, I have a lot of things that I want to say, but I don't necessarily have a clickable title and thumbnail or something that's intriguing is like, you're doing a disservice to the world by not making this video. You have it in your mind, you know, that it's going to be emotional, you know, it's impactful, at least if not for anyone else in this world, it's impactful for you. And by not making it like you're screwing yourself over. You're not giving yourself the shot to express yourself to the world. And maybe those 10 people that were going to watch it, they, their perspectives could have been changed if it were, if it were for that video and who knows, maybe it'll get a million views, you know, over time, as you develop your branding and everything, like that's all you need to do. You know, that's all you need to do is just express yourself, but you just need to create fearlessly at first. Um, and just create, just make the fucking thing. Just start. Um, a lot of people get stuck like before they even start. So yeah, I know it's like kind of cliche advice, but um, that's kind of the advice that I have mm -hmm. for people starting off.
And also any advice on like the financial stuff, because it's so volatile, how you, how much money you get on YouTube. Truthfully, like be honest with yourself, like be honest with yourself. If you need to get a job, get a fucking job. You know, if you need to get a job to support this dream, get a job. Um, it's not shameful. It's not embarrassing. Everyone has a fucking job, you know, it's fine. And it's just going to be tough. Like get ready for some really difficult times, but also just like, if you really want to do this, like it's all worth it at the end. And what my friend says, it's like a slingshot that you're pulling back and you're just pulling it back and back and back. And it might seem like you're losing right now. And it might seem like there's a bunch of resistance, but the moment that you release it, the further back you pull, the moment you release it, it's going to really pay off. So yeah, that's, that's really good advice. Yeah, that's really good advice. Thank Honestly, you. like I'm not the best financial person to ask, but yeah. All right, Ryan Ang, thank you so much for agreeing to be on this episode of Let's Talk Media. I think this was a very important conversation to have, especially since um, YouTube is becoming more and more money-driven, more and more AI-driven. So I really appreciate sure. you taking the time for this conversation. For sure, man. Thank you, Vedant. This was fun. Yep.